Hi, I'm Tyra G, your host of Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Welcome to our virtual global gathering of phenomenal women who come together to explore purpose and possibilities. Yes, yes, you, fearsome, fearsome, humble, honest, and in pursuit of new horizons. Every month, we explore a new theme inspired by you. Yeah, 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 I said you. Yeah, this is your show. We bravely walk into places where tradition has taught us there are some things you just do not talk about, but not here. Here we live beyond the breakage. Every week, we come together to experience, educate, encourage, and empower one another. We share some aha moments and stories that have been left in our pockets for far, far too long. Every week we start right where we are. You're listening to Radio Fairfax, Fairfax, Virginia on your TV, computer, or mobile device. And we are streamed live every week on Saturday evening at 8 o'clock locally, nationally, and internationally at www.radiofairfax.org. And for those of you who have dates, it's okay. You can catch our episodes, which are hosted on YouTube. Just click in, Frankly Speaking with Tara G. Make a selection. And for those of you that like to connect with me offline, I appreciate that. And for those of you who might want to, it is Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. Thank you, Courtney Nero, for composing and performing our theme song and for your creativity calling it I'm Listening. Our October theme is All Things Considered. Four phenomenal guests are sharing the considerations and choices that they have made to overcome, excel, achieve, and sometimes in spite of rather than because of what life has given them. They're going to share their heroes, their sheroes. They're going to talk about the tattoos on their hearts. They're going to talk about dreams realized and dreams yet to be awakened. To create our common thought for today, I have a quote I'd like for you to listen to. It's called Five Mental Health Myths. This month is full of gentle reminders to release and let go. The leaves are falling and the colors are changing as the earth prepares for winter. During this month of transition, we pause to observe some very important days, weeks. We are celebrating Breast Cancer Month, Domestic Violence Month, and many others. But today we're going to highlight something that is not found at the dinner table conversation. That's mental health. Mental Health Awareness Week. Last week, remember I'm quoting, I became a mental health first aid, certified for mental health first aid for adults. Why, you may ask? Well, just look around. I'm even looking at myself, y'all, because there are times when I feel like I'm living in some type of weird reality show. When I, excuse me, when I've taken all that I can, I periodically unplug. And that helps me, but sometimes, sometimes I, we need more. Sometimes we need to speak with a professional. I have, and I'm not ashamed to say so. Let's first define mental health. The World Health Association describes mental health as a state of well-being in which the individual realizes his or hers own the excuse me abilities and can cope with the normal stresses of life can be productive and fruitful and is able to make a contribution to his or her community addressing our mental health is not about being unable 
or crazy, unstable or crazy, the definition addresses our sense of awareness. And that comes through how we cope, process, and interact with ourselves and others. With that being said, there is nothing wrong with seeking help if we find ourselves struggling in those areas. We have no issues with medical professionals checking our vital signs and our mental health should be no different. Your mind matters and there's nothing wrong with seeking spiritual guidance and professional medical assistance all at the same time. In all things, get an understanding. Let's bust some myths. I love myth busting. Myth one, children don't experience mental health problems. Reality, half of all mental health disorders show first signs before a person turns 14 years old. And three quarters of mental health disorders begin before age 14. That's three fourths. Myth number two, people with mental health problems are violent and unpredictable. Reality, the vast majority of people with mental health problems are no more likely to be violent than anyone else. Myth number three, people with mental health needs, even those who are managing their mental illnesses, cannot tolerate the stresses of holding down a job. Hmm, reality. People with mental health problems are just as productive as other employees. Myth number four, Personality, weakness, or character flaws cause mental health problems. People are mental health, with mental health problems can snap out of it if they try hard enough. Hmm. Reality. Mental health problems have nothing to do with being lazy or weak. And many people just need help to get better. Come on now. I know I've been depressed. I bet you have too at some point in time. I'm not ashamed, and I'm telling people, hey, this is one of those days. Lift me up, okay? Fill me up. Lift me up. Turn me in the right direction. I need you. There's nothing to be ashamed saying those words. Nothing to be ashamed about. Myth number five. I can't do anything for a person with mental health problems. Reality. Guess what? In no way is that true. Check this out. Friends and family can be important influences to someone in need. Ending my quote with this, consider simply treating them with respect just as you would anyone else. Friends and family, you hear that? Refusing to define them by their diagnosis or using labels such as crazy. Colossians 3 uh, verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, catch this now, with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You know, you, you know when I moved away from the quote, you could tell that, right? When I was talking from my heart, one thing I have discovered in this very long life is one of the greatest medication for depression is a passionate, intimate conversation. Remember that next time. So, after the break, you're going to meet the phenomenal woman who wrote the blog I just read to you, who understands life as a process, not an event. She's a passionate professor, professional who's committed to empowering others into their worthiness. Now, this is a special part. This is what's going to make this show special. She combines mind, body, and soul into all of her solutions. So, put your feet up, or you can go grab a snack, but don't go away. We'll be right back. And we are back. Remember now, what I say, code word for today's show is mind, body, soul, 
and to take us into that space with enthusiasm and professionalism and commitment is Ms. Sherelle Tucker-Moore. Welcome to Frankly Speaking with Tyra G. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, you should just be sitting here across from her. She is so lovely. Um, Sherelle, you know what I do. You know the drill. <laughs> right. I ask all my guests to pretend they're a book in the human library mm-hmm. and to uh, give us a preface that will make us want to read mm. more of the book. And I have to tell you, listening audience, this show we're going to twist it. We're going to let her. We're going to let her tell us a lot more of her book because this is a space I'm not familiar with, and I'm curious, and I'm excited. So, Sherelle, yes, make us know you. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Um, you know, my story, it, it really has so many ebbs and flows, but I would say that where I am right now, I would never have imagined that, that I would be doing what I'm doing now had it not been for some things that occurred in my life that I thought were pretty tragic. Um, and so I start really at, at the beginning. Um, I, for a time, I was in the United States Army serving on active duty. And you couldn't have told me I was living my best life. <laughs> Things were great. And during that time, uh, I began to suffer with some health challenges. Mm-hmm. At a, a very young age, I don't know too many people that are in their 20s that are facing arthritis, but I was. Yes. And that was very shocking to me. I was very surprised. I asked my mom, you know, does arthritis run in our family? She really didn't know of any other family members that was experiencing what I was in my early 20s. And I'd always been very athletic. Um, I come from a movement background. I was a dancer. I was involved in cheerleading. I ran track. And not from a standpoint of trying to be physically fit, but that was uh, what I characterize now as my uh, beginning processes of moving meditation. I felt at peace with myself when I was moving in, mm-hmm. in those different modalities. And so when I began to deal with this health challenge, I faced a lot of frustration, anger, and guilt that kind of turned me away from God. Mm-hmm. Um, I was already not really in a relationship um, where I was um, putting God at the head of my life. I was kind of just living life on my own terms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but God knew. And so this health challenge, although in the beginning uh, it caused me to turn away, in the end I turned back to him. And so with that and trying to find solutions for dealing with pain and frustration and uh, just not understanding why was this happening. I was very type A personality at a very young age. I planned everything to a T, I thought. Uh, probably from the early age of like 13, 14 years old, of what I wanted my life to look like. And Mm -hmm. this was not a part of the plan. (laughs) And so with that, um, I began to um, try to find some relief. And my medical doctor at the time recommended that I try yoga. This was something I had never thought of before. I've always been drawn to different types of modalities, but never really considered yoga. And that actually opened the door for Uh, me learning more about meditation. I had never really heard about it, really what it was and how it would even apply to my life. And for the first time in dealing with this health challenge, it really brought everything in my life to a halt. And I began to practice being still and began to see some things, many things I didn't like, caused me to face myself. And that's really what brought me to this point here that I think a lot of women are afraid to face. I was living a life of busyness, mm-hmm. uh, clothed in planning and goal setting. You know, we can do that from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it really, looking back, it was just really busyness because I didn't want to face uh, some of my greatest fears about myself. You know, uh, first of all, let me thank you for your service. I was remiss. Uh, that is so important that our veterans and active duty military sisters and brothers understand our gratitude that make it possible for you and me to sit here and talk about God right and not feel like punishment was coming exactly and something else you said at some point you were so confused uh that you felt you turned away right from God and I would just say uh that may have been your 
action, but he never left you. Exactly. And the last thing, uh, not the last thing, one of the other things uh, that I want us to really get into because um, at one point I felt guilty about being still, you know, Mm -hmm. the practice of just being still and living alone for a number of years. uh, I've had, what do you do? And I've learned to like that time, you know? So I want us to really get into that. Um, Absolutely. I, mm, when I began to do research for my guest today, it was just too much. <laughs> uh, she's a young woman, and I'm thinking she's done all of these things. So what I said was instead of having so much of a conversation, because you all know how I butt in and ask questions, right? I want her to help us, because I have a feeling there are a lot more like me than not out there understanding the concept and the variations Mm -hmm. of yoga and I don't want us to I want us to also understand what she's done with her with herself with her concept pulling the mind and the body and the soul together Mm -hmm. because it doesn't just stop with yoga girlfriend has been doing some other stuff that y'all need to know about so um Sherelle why don't you help us by discussing the mind-body-faith community concept that you've created. Right. I, I have the concept of mind-body-faith, which is bridging the gap between science and faith uh, with the freedom to explore holistic tools and techniques for living well inside and out, these non-traditional forms that you may not hear about in church settings or faith-based groups mm-hmm. uh, are very mainstream, and lots of Uh, women of faith are concerned about what can and can I not do um, Mm. because the church doesn't really maybe talk about acupuncture or massage therapy or different types of of therapies that may not come directly out of our uh, western culture that Mm -hmm. that come out of some other cultures and so there's a lot of uh, conversations around is this right what is this going to do to my faith mm. and so with mind body faith there is there is a platform that gives w- uh, women in particular the f- freedom to ask those questions in a non-judgmental format i am um, here i am insinuating myself <laughs> so i can see i'm not going to be able to keep my promise but when you men- mentioned acupuncture i was thinking of the days when i used to sell for ibm and I used to get migraine headaches. Mm-hmm. And one day it was so bad and I was going for a close and I went to the doctor and uh, he was ex-military, but he had trained in Eastern uh, mm-hmm. medicine as well. And he said, hold out your hands. He went away and came back and he put two needles in my hand, right? Mm-hmm. And he said, just sit there. And I looked at him because it didn't hurt. I was like, what? And it was gone and that was my first mm-hmm. uh, that was my initiation into acupuncture and okay. then acupressure and all. Because, see, I'm a person, that, does it work? Right. Okay. And, and the whole idea of massage, when they said I never walk again, full body, deep tissue massage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'll do those things. Mm-hmm. I'll do, but have you noticed many, and I'm not going to say younger or gender, many doctors that are practicing now are incorporating holistic modalities into their treatment. Do you find that as well? Yes, they absolutely are, because I think that um, the scientific community here in the West is just catching up with other cultures and being a little bit more mindful and expanding their perspective on treatment Uh solutions and whatnot. Many cultures, uh, aside from our own, really look at illness and sickness in a different way. They look more so towards getting to the root of yes. an issue yes, yes. versus uh, covering a symptom. Yes. And so I think that that has not served us well, well here in the United States. And so being able to explore some of those complementary services like acupuncture, reflexology, mm-hmm. and all and as, as well as yoga and meditation, uh, though they may not have a very specific like data, there is research and studies that are coming out each and every day that shows how people's lives are being improved Mm -hmm. uh, from a psychological, physiological, and mental standpoint. And do you, as you deal with the mind, body, soul community, do you emphasize nutrition as well? Absolutely. Okay, because I'm I'm seeing that a lot. I'm seeing this whole thing about how we eat 
expectations of what our body can and can't do and what it needs and doesn't need. Right, absolutely. I think that there there is a greater awareness of how food is medicine. It's, it's, it's God's little gift to us that I just, every time I think about it, it makes me smile that the colors of food, the different colors and what they mean, the season that fruits and vegetables are harvested, all those things matter, and God did it just for us. And if we will just begin to expand our mind and our perspective on things, food can fuel us, but it also can heal us. Absolutely. And, and fasting, tell me, do you, do you talk about that at all in, in what you do? I do. Uh, fasting, I believe, is, uh, is a spiritual practice. Okay. Um, but fasting is also picked up in mainstream. Uh-huh. Uh, so you will find people that fast for, you know, different reasons uh, that is outside of the faith. Oh, yeah. But, but I believe that fasting is very key. Uh, it's a wonderful spiritual discipline. And I know that a lot of churches and groups are very in, very much into the Daniel fast and some 21-day fast and different things of that nature. However, I think that you have to tap into what God has for you and what that fasting period should look like in hopes that it will become a lifestyle more exactly. so than just an event. I, I Oh, I am so there with you. Uh, my dad had terminal cancer, and uh, the comedian Dick Gregory was in town, and I was hosting him for the university. And he took my father to the health store, and he started him fasting once a week and eating kelp. And wow. when Daddy went back, they were saying, you know, what's going on here? This thing is shrinking. And I would join him, you know, one day a week on, on the weekend fasting. And... I, I love the fact that we're talking about this. I do. Um, I was not raised in the tradition that anything we've talked about necessarily was not Christian-like. I just seem to have stumbled and bumbled into these things as a result of conditions. Right. But what you said is key. Uh, much of Christian denominations uh, that I've been aware of, and I have hey, limited experience y'all so I may be breaking some eggs here uh don't really include a lot of options except a very narrow behavior and attitudinal path for us to follow I I would agree with that and so um okay so you have not only the community you coach around this concept of spirit mind body i i do more so in the form of i have an amazing group on facebook called sisters to meditate which is focused on um how to have the support that you need to cultivate a christian a formal christian meditation practice and those ladies are awesome and i've met so many people uh that are interested in this as a spiritual discipline i call it the lost spiritual discipline that nobody talks about because it can be so beneficial uh, to your life and to your maturity as a Christian. And it's not just a matter of um, reading a scripture, but it can have so much more depth to it if you treat it in the same regard that some people treat fasting. Well, okay, role play. All right. First of all, it's a Facebook community, so I need you to tell people if they're interested in learning more how they would do that. Yeah, they would just go to Facebook and where in the search engine, you yes. just type in Sisters Who Meditate. Sisters Who Meditate. It's a closed group. Um, there are a few questions that you answer, mm-hmm. and you will be welcomed into that amazing group. Right now, we're at about uh, 700 ladies. And that, that may be a closed group, but that's a big group. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we're, we're getting ready to, I'm getting ready to share some announcements uh, with the group. Um, very um, excited to be announcing a retreat that I'm going to be doing soon. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that's going to be amazing for the group. Oh, yes. Um, tell me a little bit about the group, the age group. How, how are they? What are the cohorts looking like? Are oh. they young and beautiful like you? Are they, <laughs> are they old and tarnished and wrinkled like I me? Mean, it's, 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 it's so many women from different backgrounds and uh-huh. demographics. I think that the key message is women that are looking for something beyond maybe what they see in their own backyard. And the women that are interested in deepening their relationship with Christ. I think that... Um, 
probably if you can look at your life, you know, you know, maybe some Christians and you can take this journey and be very surface level for a while. It doesn't mean that you're wrong or right, but I believe that God gives us the beautiful gift of free will and we can go as deep with him as we are open to. And for the people that are a little bit tired of kind of just the, the surface and they want to just explore the depths of God and his love and his grace, uh, Christian meditation is definitely a tool that can assist you with that deepening of that divine relationship. And for your edification listeners, I asked Sherelle at the second part of the interview, would she role play taking us through the beginning of a journey, a Christian meditation journey? Again, Sisters Who Meditate can be found on Facebook. If you put in the engine, Sisters Who Meditate, it is a closed group, which means you'll have to offer up some of your information. But um, I have a sense that uh, the thing that caught me in your words were women who are looking for something. And uh, the more I do the show, the more I coach, the more I mentor, there are a whole lot of women who are looking for something. And it's kind of like somebody turned on a faucet and said, you now have a chance to be Mm -hmm. who you were created to be. And we're wondering, who could that be? You know, Mm -hmm. and we need help. Absolutely. In looking in that mirror. But that also means we have to be vulnerable be able to be vulnerable that's the hard part (laughs) yes that's that's the difficult part I mean maybe about I would say 10 years ago I can't say that maybe I would have been as interested in Christian meditation as I am now because everybody has a different journey but the point that I was at a few years ago I was seeking more Mm -hmm. I was seeking to have a deeper understanding about spirituality in a way that I didn't really hear discussed in churches and different faith-based groups. And so I began to look for that in non-traditional ways. I began to go to different meditation groups. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually found a Christian meditation group. And that group has just been life-giving to me, being Mm. able to uh, be on one accord with other people that are looking to deepen their relationship with Christ and be in a in-person group setting. Yes, And yes. that energy and that intention is powerful. Yes, it is. It's that whole theory of multiplicity. Yes. And, and when the spirit is present in the midst of this, and it is authentic. Yes. Authentic searching. Mm-hmm. Um, what a joy. What a joy. It is. Um, I, I've been looking at, and I was listening to a number of people. I can't remember. One was a talk show. I know this. Mm-hmm. And one was um, talking about the church and how millennials and younger are walking away. Right. And how can you turn that around? And so, you know, like, you got to go to them. You know, Mm -hmm. don't expect them to walk through the bricks and mortar that you traditionally understand as church. Mm -hmm. Offer them you, your heart, your Mm -hmm. spirit. Be a model of life where they go, how'd you do that? Mm -hmm. Well, why aren't you, why do you feel, why why are you you? And if you can be the person that creates the questions Mm -hmm. and be in that place, but it also requires that you show up. Right. And be present. And that's a new model for us, I think. I think it is. And you've really hit on something that I've been observing for the past couple of years. You know, churches not really having that younger generation. I meet young people that don't have the past uh, or the history that I used to. You know, I didn't really have a choice in in going to church. You were going. (laughs) So I remember those days, you know, being at church all day, Sunday, church anniversary, pastor anniversary, and all those things. And uh, although I didn't like it at the time, I'm just kind of glad that I had that history and background. And a lot of young people now, they don't necessarily really have that. They may discover spirituality and different denominations in college. That may be their first um, Mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that in the yoga community, what I found is that those communities are very, very strong. And the commonality is uh, that sense of spirituality without judgment. It's mm. not to say that it's right. You know, churches are not 
to mimic themselves after, you know, a community, you know, because right, the, the right, whole right. point is, you know, to draw people to Christ. But I find that if you meet people where they are, a sense of spirit to spirit, you're then able to build upon that relationship and then possibly later share with them some things that have been life-giving and transformative to your life. And so that that is one of the things that I've found very interesting in yoga communities. You see women of color, you see young women, older women, women that are going through transitions in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, they come together and they they take these yoga classes and workshops and it really, in some sense, is a sense of routine in a way that a going to church could be. Got it. But they come together in a yoga community, and that sense of spirituality is very fueling to a lot of people. So I think it's definitely something to be looked at mm-hmm. as churches are looking to uh, find ways in which they can uh, continue to draw people to Christ in a non-judgmental way. I, um, I find that one of the most important elements of survival for a woman my age, women of certain ages, is the ability to be present and just to listen. Yes. And uh, I I like to be around young women. And they say, Miss Tyra, why, why do you come to our stuff? And I said, because <laughs> I like being here with you. I, I feel the love. And uh, for those of you uh, who are familiar with this story of Ruth and the Bible, I always say, you know, I feel like Naomi and you're my Ruth, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, there's so much joy. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to go to a space where we find a group of women or men uh, and insinuate ourselves. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do that. No, we don't. We just have to show up. Just show up for people. Yes, mm-hmm. and the rest happens. Mm-hmm. And when you listen and um, you're able to, you know, that, that, was, that must have been hard. Congratulations mm-hmm. that you got through that. Mm-hmm. And, and they need that. Yes. They need that. We all us. do. Yes, yes. And Be- sometimes you, you don't necessarily get that in a more structured format. These These new communities that are, are coming up under these various uh, modalities. You have meditation groups. You have um, you have these these groups that are coming up through the community with the connection of spirituality um, that is really taking off. And I think that uh, there are lots of people that have begun to understand that it's not just about being physically fit. That there's more to life than that. And I think a lot of millennials are finding that out, that having the six-pack and being mm-hmm. in a size three mm-hmm. is not the end-all, be-all. And so when you go to some of these classes and community settings, you see a lot of young people. I mean, I've gone to uh, yoga events where it's like two, 300 people, and mm-hmm. it's, it's not just the postures why people are coming. They're coming for something greater than yes. themselves. Yes. Um, and I think that that's the starting point. Uh Keyword, they're coming for something greater than themselves. As, as we talk about, as, as Sherelle and I talk about this, the thing I hope you heard is, heard her say, is Christ meets them there. Yes. Uh, or should I say, they see him, he's always there. Uh, they're open to more of that because uh, the labels, mm-hmm. the language and the labels sometimes shut us down. Right when all we're talking about is compassion and love and acceptance and mm-hmm. withdrawing judgment and, and guiding. I found out a lot of the young women want to know how I got through something. Right. They, they want to know some history. Mm-hmm. They don't want everything to be okay. They want some boundaries, and that was surprising to me initially. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, 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 this, mm-hmm. is, this, is, this is all good. Yeah. This is all really good. Um, if you were having a coaching session with me, <laughs> how might you start that? I would definitely start out in prayer because I believe that I, it's not me. God has to lead us in what, what areas he wants to open up and to reveal and where he can do the greater work. So I believe that prayer is key, mm-hmm. some silence, and mm. then begin to to listen 
to to what comes out mm-hmm. from you and then from there I begin to be moved and led by the spirit on ways that I can help and solutions that that I can offer um there there is something and I'm jumping all over the place but <laughs> it's just that I don't seem to have enough time to do all I want to do yeah. with you which means you have to come back. come back <laughs> It would be my pleasure. Okay, that's good. All right. Yeah. That aside, then I'm going to jump somewhere. Okay. Uh, on Sherelle's website, she, she it's really cool. She has uh, my several things navigation. You can choose, you know, her books, her, her events and all that. But then she says my favorite, some of my favorite things. Yeah. And I'm going like, okay, let me see what she likes. And would you believe it? It's about your skin. <laughs> it's about, it's the stuff we worry about. Oh, I got a zit, you mm-hmm. know. Tell us a little bit about that. That's something that I decided to share earlier this year because when I meet people, um, I wear my hair in natural styles. And so I began to get a lot of questions from people about my hair, about my skin. And so, it was part of my resolution to say, hey, I'll just put it on the website and that way people can just look at what some of my favorite things are. And a lot of them are uh, other uh, black owned businesses that I support and people that inspire me. Uh-huh. Um, I want to give them an opportunity to shine as well, because it's really um, it's not just about health, but it's about a living a healthy lifestyle. Yes. And that incorporates different products and tools and techniques and yes. so I share those on the website as well absolutely and I thought oh how refreshing <laughs> I think I can do this so uh since we will not be selling all I can do is invite you to uh the website and explore mm-hmm. because there's just a lot of stuff going on there <laughs> and um not only that I, I have sitting before me an author yes would you like to talk a little bit more about that journey and the consequence consequential book yes i wrote transparent faith lessons learned from the plan of faith in 2016 it's loosely my story and lessons that i learned in coming to christ back to christ as an adult versus how i viewed god as a child well i like that and so i think that sometimes we take our childlike image and understanding of god into our adulthood And my experience was I thought that God was all punishing and showed a little bit of love as a kid. I always, you know, I remember my grandmother telling me, you know, you do that again, God going to get you. And I I can just remember being a kid, like looking over my shoulder all the time, afraid that if I wasn't perfect enough, if I didn't get good grades, you know, that God was going to be disappointed in me. And so with that as my foundation, when I went off to college, I turned away from God. I felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't perfect enough. And I was, I had enough ego to think, I'll just figure this out on my own. Um, I respect God, but I can't live uh, based on those rules and regulations. And so for a number of years, probably for most of my 20s into my 30s, mm-hmm. I did not have a relationship with Christ. I did not go to church except on special occasions. I may go on Easter or Christmas. Mm-hmm. But for most of my everyday life, there was no prayer. There was no nothing. Everything was self-gratifying and what I wanted to do. And so this book is really about when I made the conscious decision, not my mom, not my dad, not my auntie. And I said, I want to restore my relationship, God, and I want to find a church. That's where the story begins and the lessons that I learned about the true and living God and what Mm. it means to live transparently through faith. Well, okay. I guess that's the next book I read. It's kind of interesting because I find myself reading books that my guests have written. And sometimes I get caught up and I'm like, "Uh oh, I got to hurry up and read this one because I have to do the next one, you know. (laughs) But I didn't know that. I did not know that when I was looking. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I appreciate that. Um, The thing that that is important for us to highlight here is that there are some traditional faiths that have used God to set boundaries and and reflected God as punitive. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. There are consequences to your actions. Absolutely. That's his message. But at the same time, the love is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And since none of us are perfect, uh, that's 
that's very comforting, you know, in all that we do. I'm going to take a short break. Uh, I want y'all to stay close because we're not finished yet, okay? And we are back. And those of you just joining us, I'm telling you, missing some stuff. My guest, Ms. Sherelle Tucker-Moore, has been talking to us about a plethora of things around mind, body, soul, spirit, just the whole package and how we can't go through life without integrating those successfully. Uh, we've discovered that, yeah, she, she's a yoga specialist. I'm going to ask her to quickly talk about the variations that we might find, and then I'm going to ask her to spend maybe 10 minutes so we can role play what we might expect. Say we walked into Sherelle's space, and we're there with 20 other women. What will we expect to happen? So that's where we're going to finish up today. And um, Cheryl, why don't you go through and tell us, mm -hmm. there's a lot of kind of yogas I saw here. Yin yoga, trauma-sensitive yoga, restorative yoga. Yes. Yeah, all of that. So the, actually the word yoga means to yoke, to unite. And so we kind of start there. There are many definitions for yoga. When people hear the word yoga, they think of a certain posture, like maybe tree pose that mm -hmm. we've seen, or mountain pose, or those twisty pretzel poses. Yes. But really, yoga is a science of the mind and the body and spirit. That's really what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a health system that's based on those intangible things, those things that we see manifested, but we don't necessarily see in the physical sense. Mm -hmm. And so yoga, there are various types of yoga. Many people don't realize that yoga actually uh, came out of Africa and was codified in India. I know there are lots of Christians and believers that have issues with participating in something that doesn't come out of Western culture, but we have to realize that many of the things that we partake in day to day did not come from the United States. If you look at the days of the week, they are named by Greek gods, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and so on. And so I think that God gives us that beautiful gift of free will that what he ultimately created, which mm -hmm. was body, movement, and breath, mm -hmm. those, are, those are created, those are divine by God, and God gives us those things, and man can use them however he chooses to use them, whether it's for good or bad. That's that's the beauty of free will. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that with yoga uh, is codified, and it was, you know, traditionally in India, and you have these beautiful expressions of poses like tree pose, mountain mm -hmm. pose, that really just uh, honor God and his creation. Uh, we, I'm very mindful of when I teach my classes that we don't worship God's creation, but we worship the creator. So I don't necessarily use language that maybe lends itself to, you know, we think the universe or things of that nature. Yeah, I just yeah, like yeah. to keep it very uh, clear cut as far as you, where, where my stance is on that from a spiritual standpoint. But I believe that yoga is a combination of mind, body, spirit. And that you have different combinations of yoga that can tend to different parts of the body. Okay. As well as what your intention is. So mm -hmm. I teach a class, uh, yin yoga. Yin yoga is uh, a, more of a passive type of yoga practice where you hold the postures for time. So you may sit in a forward bend for maybe like one, two, three minutes or three to five or more than that, where you're able to work beyond the muscle tissue, focusing on the fascia and the connective tissue in the body. Wow. It's a really great practice if you're someone that um, multitask all the time and you, you're learning how to be still and be with yourself. Mm -hmm. Yin yoga is a great practice for that. Vinyasa, or you may also hear it called flow yoga. Yeah, okay, I've heard uh, flow. Flow, uh, power yoga. Um, they're very similar where it's more of a physical exertion where you move the body along with your breath. So yes. I was drawn to that because of my dance background. So it's like you're dancing on the mat. Um, and that is a more vigorous type of yoga. It can be a slow flow or it can be more power uh, where you may get your heart rate up and you're really going through a lot of strengthening poses, a lot of core work, mm -hmm. a lot of arm balance and strength, all those different things. You have restorative yoga where you use props. 
Hmm. Uh, you can also use props in yin. And so you have to kind of look for these classes. They may not be the classes you would typically see like at a gym or okay. a community center, but you may find these more so at a uh, yoga studio. Okay. Uh, if you're someone that's coming off of an injury, I would recommend like a restorative yoga or if you're a beginner, something that's a little bit more slow paced. But here in the United States, it all kind of falls under Hatha yoga, which is a uh, a slow type of yoga that's not based on flow, where you're able to go through the various postures with alignment cues at a slower pace. And that's a great starting point for beginners to learn the postures. You have the teacher to give you verbal cues on how to get in the posture mm-hmm. and out of it safely. And so that is that's called important. Hatha yoga. Yes, 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 yes. That's very important. Yes. Wow. Okay, well, you know I'm I'm going for passive. <laughs> I'm going for slow, holding right. it. But what I what I realize uh, when I look at my own body and what it's been through, mm-hmm. uh, this is my next step. I mean, uh, today I was in the gym at six thirty, doing the things that are important for my heart. Right. And 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 stretching. Mm-hmm. I used to do Pilates a lot. Okay. And. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I had I had something happen to me, uh, and I have six titanium implants. And they, you know, they, I don't know how you're going to do this. And they said because your core is so strong, mm. you healed better and quicker. And so I want mm, I'm great. speaking out of my own experience, but mm-hmm. it's not unique. I know it's anecdotal, but mm-hmm. if you're good to your body, it will be good to you. It will. And and we're not saying this is easy. No. We are saying what Sherelle is talking about, what I've observed, and what I've just done with, with you know, like weights and things like that. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Mm-hmm. However, your body, I mean, you just sit there. Sometimes I just sit after I've finished a workout, and I'm just like, wow, this is really cool. Or when I'm walking outside and I just stop and listen to the birds you know that does things for your soul so I'm giving a testimony and what I learned for those of you listening when you hear a testimony that is God promising you that you too can do what Mm -hmm. I'm talking about so um well I just abused the time uh you all who listen regularly know that that's something that I do on occasion, and this is one of those. We're going to do a couple of things. I ask everyone to write and read a letter to their younger self, and they come to me in many formats. Some people don't write them and just recite them, and it doesn't matter. What we're looking for is words from the heart, and I'm going to ask Sherelle to share a couple of words from the heart. And this would be to my younger self. Yes. Oh, gosh. So my younger self, what I would tell Sherelle is, as you write your plan, take a moment to drop the pen and just breathe. Mm. God knows your plan. Your parents have prepared you. And it's okay to let go. Begin to surrender the control you think you have and begin to become more present for yourself so that you can truly enjoy the journey. That's what I would tell her. And uh, as the adult you, uh, what words would you uh, leave the audience with? It's, It's kind of a, an agreed upon we haven't said it aloud but you'll be hearing from her again she will be back she nodded yes um I'm learning as I do this y'all because two Sundays ago was my first year anniversary but I'm learning where where we need to go mm-hmm. how deep we need to go what people are hungry for mm-hmm. and I'm making a new list uh, I am celebrating the month of November, possibly December, uh, the military, and I'm doing a thank you for your service, and I'm focusing on wives, I'm focusing on women who became officers, I'm focusing on children, I'm focusing on things that don't make the news. Mm-hmm. So if you have ideas, 
Tyra at TyraGarlington.com. You know, I love to hear from you, but that's coming up. Um, Sherelle, I want you to, I've got pages of notes, uh, keywords, mind, body, spirit. Mm -hmm. What other words do you want people to remember about what we've talked about today? As a review. Presence. Being present? Being present. Okay, what else? Breath. Mm. And how powerful it truly is. Mm. Mm-hmm. And connection. Connection. Connection with yourself and with your divine creator. Okay. Okay. And we've talked about a lot being still. Yes. Being still and letting go. Um, wow. Okay, well, here's what Miss Tyra's going to do. She's going to give you a little, few little words, put in your spiritual doggy bag that you can pull up, pull out, and think about when you say, I'm just tired of today. I haven't breathed. I haven't done anything but been busy. So I want you to remember this. Your calling in life is, in, is to fully express who you already are. The world will never see another human being like you. There is no one on the face of the planet that has what you have. Your uniqueness in every respect is your gift. Life asks one thing of you to be the full expression of yourself so that you can leave your unique imprint on all of those you encounter and upon the world. Never underestimate the power of your energy and how it ripples outward to affect everything and everyone around you. If you're being your full authentic self, honor your intuition and act upon all your inspiration. Y'all know now, you're, you are worthy. You are not your circumstances, and you have everything inside of you that you need to be who you were created to be. Your seat at the table is guaranteed, and this is Tyra G saying, be well, smile, I love you.